0: Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Coffee Mike's back.
1: Hello everyone. Brother Bob's back.
2: What's happening? Silent
1: Ron is back. Hello. I took some effort.
0: Alpha sh- medium Mike's back. How y'all doing? I heard and the pup's by the way.
3: I heard that. What? That, that sigh.
4: We can I check tape. No, no, no. no,
0: I I think we can check tape on, on that right.
3: one. T- out of that
4: little body? There there. I
0: know such a deep voice out of a little frame. <laughs> a deep voice in a little yeah. body.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and the professor, Carl. Back. I'm happy to be here. Why do you say it with a British accent? Just curious. I, I don't know.
1: I like it though. Keep doing it, Ronnie.
5: I am uh, like such an old. Un, I'm an uncultured swine. I don't know because I think I would discuss Brits. I'm positive uh, about that. I think well, in my mind, well, like, would we all? <laughs> I, think saying, uh, <laughs> I, think of,
0: I think of like college professors with their little Harry Potter like glasses
4: and talking. Okay. I ain't gonna lie. Every time he says "professor," I think Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good, Ron.
5: I'll take it. Yeah. Sorry.
1: There we go.
3: There we, that, that's a good way to Americanize it. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm just trying to figure out which one is Gilligan. And it really stinks because Dick near looks like it's going to come well, over here to me. <laughs> well, we know, this, we
0: know who the skipper is. <laughs> Man, that would be Bob. <laughs> wow, bro, what are you saying? <laughs> hey,
2: wait, they're, wait, they're, yeah. It's audio. Nobody wait, else knew who I was who say I'm talking
3: about. There, there's oh, only
2: girls out <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, They you. do, just by yeah. the tone of your voice. All right. <laughs> Rain it in, boys. Rein it in.
0: <laughs> Mike, would you like to read our Bible verse tonight? Absolutely. I'll be reading Acts chapter 4, verse
3: 19 and 20 from the ESV version. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard.
0: Tonight's topic is, When Should You Be on the Fence? When should you not be on the fence? Anybody but Bob want to start us off?
1: (laughs) Anybody but Bob?
0: Yeah. You guys got to go. Because I know he's going to have a Jesus juke. So, like, we got (laughs) to. Because once he says his thing, then we're playing the outro and we're out. Yeah, (laughs) he
5: probably shouldn't start with me either.
0: (laughs) Probably not. Okay. One of you two mics, Silent Ron. you ever been on a fence? Have you ever fallen off a fence? Literally? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, figuratively?
4: I'm always on a fence. You're always on the fence? Pretty much. I'm always tested. For me, te- being tested is being on the fence. See, I don't think you are on the fence. I think so. Last night, because I felt like you. I was
0: on fence. you are a doer. And doers don't sit down. I think last
1: night you were examining and self-reflecting.
5: That's different.
4: I try not to sit down. I sit down. I'm old.
0: Well, that's true. (laughs) You are older than me. You found that out.
4: Sure enough. (laughs) Sure
0: enough. (laughs) What about you, Mike? A coffee, Mike?
1: Well, yeah. um, I was exposed to some of uh, God's laws. One of them being a dietary restriction. And I thought, because what I was taught was, it's okay. Eat anything you want. But I've given up pork because I, I felt moved to do so. And I miss it. I miss my bacon, my pork chops, <laughs> my pork steaks, pork roast, pork anything. I was on the fence about that for a long time. because I'd been thinking about it for a long, long time. And I finally decided to err on the side of a biblical teaching, as opposed to my own understanding of what I thought I was taught way back when. So, yeah, I was on the fence about that. Been on the fence quite a few times, actually. Um, most recently the uh, was the uh, miracle that occurred at the uh, barbe- barbecue. See, I'm thinking about pork sticks. It's
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Me too now.
1: At, at, at the oil change. You know, I went home and tried to prove it mathematically that it didn't happen, and I couldn't. And I was mad at myself for not taking it to face value because we're also taught that miracles no longer take place. God no longer performs those, but he does. A lot of people think that way. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't thinking that way. I was just trying to scientifically and logically prove out that somebody was mistaken. That's where I was on the fence about that. But after going through that and testing it, for me, I went right to the biblical side. It happened. Bottom line for me.
0: Do you think, since you brought it up, the word, do you think we've watered down miracle?
1: I think miracle is used so many times for so many things that it doesn't have the same connotation that it once did. Yes.
3: I think we've failed to see it. It's a coincidence or it's a, right. you can explain it away. It doesn't, you know, even though it's something that doesn't have an explanation. Yeah. I mean, it, so it's, and it's, you know, any of them. I mean, I remember when Brett was really young and, and, you know, he was two years old and we're sitting in the pew at church and he's sitting there and he is just so lethargic and just, like not himself he's sick and he's feeling awful and the preacher at the time came up and asked if he could anoint him with oil and he came up and he anointed him with oil and he prayed for him and everything and within 10 minutes it was back to Brett there's no way possible that should have happened i mean cuz it was like are we going to leave church to go and take him to the hospital because it was just it, yeah. it was he was unrecognizable. I mean, it just wasn't him. Anything he was doing, and um, you know, but it's things from that to where you can literally see it to things like the oil change to where you hear about it and maybe not maybe not actual see the physical evidence in it, but you still question
0: mm-hmm.
3: and so you did still discount it. And mm-hmm. we forget that he's still he is in. The business of miracles yeah all the time
0: yeah and that's where like when i was talking about the subject that's where i was going i know that's not where carl and bob was going but like we wake up in the morning and we walk out to our car to go to work or wherever right to a store or whatever oh it's a miracle that the sun rose today Mm. no the creator created it to do so right right it's a miracle that I quit breathing, or and I get to see it, Mm -hmm. right? Then that's a little watered down version of it. Yeah. Now, like the oil story, the anything, the brat story, anything like that, that's a whole different ballgame. And I think miracles do happen. We're just not listening.
1: I agree with you, Ron. I think they happen every day, and we're just not paying attention because we're not tuned in or synced up. Right. to
0: see him. God hasn't stopped talking.
1: Right. He,
0: stopped he stopped listening. listening. Mm-hmm. That's right. Pastor friends said that. Absolutely. So I, just I stole it. Sorry, I
3: remember <laughs> teaching some kids one time in Sunday school about God sightings and telling them give me a God sighting within the last day, last week, whatever, and everybody's silent. And I'm like, you see God every day. Whether you choose to remember it as God because I don't care if it's a bird flying by, I don't care if it's the dumb Forrest Gump feather flying by, you know, and, and all the opportune like times, time. but I mean, honestly, there's something to that because again we we've talked about signs from god and wanting that big flashing sign but he's going to give us that little subtle thing of that we don't even think of as a sign from him Mm -hmm. because he wants us to have that kind of faith Mm -hmm. he wants us to have that faith of we feel a branch you know nudging into our leg in the wind Mm -hmm. and that's that's his sign he's giving us but we, we 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 cast it away you know, we, we speak it away. We we don't even pay attention to it sometimes, and or it's a bother. And you're throw, it away.
4: We throw science at it. Or I didn't. Yeah. I would always throw science at it. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I didn't. Miracles didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe in miracles. You tried either. to debunk everything. I scientific everything. <laughs> yep. I was on the I scientific, scientific. I was on the scientific side of life. There was a rhyme and reason for everything that happened. And you could justify it and make it true. Mm-hmm. So I lived. Yes, yeah. that's the only I could, or for me at the time, I thought. Right. But you know, now I was just stupid. Sorry. <laughs> Naive, blind,
1: unknowledgeable. I, I was don't uh, think
4: you're stupid. Well. My eyes weren't open to see. My ears, they were clogged. I couldn't hear. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like my prayer this morning. I sent out, hoping everybody's eyes were open to see the miracle of the day, or hear somebody who needs a miracle today, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's so weird how that came up, and that was my prayer for this morning. But that's that's the only way I could justify. It's the only way I could justify making it on my own. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why this happened. Mm-hmm. Let's scientific. Let's break it down. I, we'll we'll get to the scientific side somehow.
1: Well, that's what I tried to do. That was a lesson I would needed to learn, and uh, he taught it to me. And Carl, you know, has a, a scripture. Uh, he probably doesn't have a bookmark because he never bookmarks. You
5: looked look at all these bookmarks. That's not have the ones you want me to. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm talking about the ones where you will see signs and wonders. It's in the the word. It's there.
5: Yeah. Three witnesses. Mark, the the last chapter of Mark, I think Romans uh, 16 maybe, and then Hebrews 2.
1: It's just, it's amazing how we as people cherry pick what we need to see from the word. But when the word says it's going to happen and we're in total disbelief that it happened, that's a problem. And it was a problem for me. It weighed on me for weeks.
5: Well, I think the key word's acknowledgement. He wants you to acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. And if you refuse to acknowledge him, he's going to make it more and more uncomfortable until you finally do. Yeah.
1: So maybe the real reason we don't see miracles, or I say we, I mean people in general, um, because we're not going to believe them when we see them.
0: We explain them away.
1: Yes, that's what I tried to do.
0: Yeah, And to be fair, the only scientific thing about... Me in high school was my calculator. That was it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I Me mean, was my advocate, but that's another story.
2: Yeah. You know, say, you, you, say can't, you, uh, you can't really explain you. The miracles away. <laughs> I mean, you can you can put it in your head that it didn't happen, or you can put it in your head that uh, it it was just a coincidence or sure. luck or luck.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh man, I, I got I got stories for days about when I look back on my life of how of how these miracles come about. I mean, I, I'm going to give you a couple instances. We broke into this old hotel, and me and a buddy and my sister, we was rummaging around upstairs. I mean, it was an old hotel. It had been sitting there for years empty. So we went in through the back window. We thought, eh, it'd be okay. We'll just go look around. So we was looking around in there, and we're like, hey, let's go downstairs and see what's down there. So we started down the steps, and I got to about the third step from the bottom. The door got kicked open, and I had a sawed-off shotgun right in my face. If that wasn't God's miracle for me not getting my head blown off, I don't know what else. You know, I don't. What else could it have been? Um, some other instances. I was, I was running from the cops one time, jumped a wooden picket fence. talking about setting on the fence,
0: Mm -hmm. didn't
2: make it. Mm. I was hanging upside down with wooden picket stuck in the back of my knee. Mm. But, (laughs) honestly, if I hadn't done that and wasn't hanging on that fence, cops would have caught me. But they did not. So, I mean, I absolutely pulled myself up off the picket fence, went home and nursed my wounds. But I didn't realize God was taking care of me at that time. You You know, I just played it off as oh that was just dumb luck, you know. Got away with that one. one yeah. You know, um another instance, man, I got I am telling you, I got stories for days. Well, another you know, instance was we was <laughs> we was uh we was out shooting road signs. Ooh. Had three loaded guns in the car. We was going across Huntsville Bridge, it was still gravel at that time. At the bridge, we was running probably 60, 65 across that bridge. Tie rod in broke on the car. Rolled the car clear across the bridge, and there's a house that sits kind of down in the bridge. It's a brown house with a little pond right behind it. If that car hadn't landed against the tree right in front of that pond, we'd have been in the pond. And and the loaded guns did not go off mm. at all. I mean, come on, guys. Uh, you know that that's a miracle in itself, right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I'm not, I'm not going to keep going because like I said, I could go on for days with stuff that I look back on and like, man. Yeah. That's his fingerprint. That's, yeah. That's his fingerprint because he needed me to where I'm at today. Mm-hmm. But I was just too stubborn, too stupid to pay attention to him back then. But you know, he had to allow me to walk that path until mm-hmm. I got to the age where he wanted was like hey you know, okay it's time for you to be me to be a part of me so i mean you know you, you can you can write them miracles off however you want to write them off without your receipts can't. yeah they, but you can't <laughs> yeah there's no way you can write them miracles off because once god does that miracle it's imprinted for the rest of the time
4: i was with a buddy of mine one time and I guess there's no way to writing this off as a miracle. Now that I it just popped in my head when you talked about your car rolling. We were at a basketball game in Sturgeon. Sturgeon was playing their rival Harrisburg and we lost. It was a district game. I asked a buddy of mine for a ride home. Him he gave me and my sister a ride home. My sister couldn't have been no more than seven. And he had a cutlass supreme. And when he took us home, he drove right past my house. I was like, dude, where are you going? He went out on Highway C. I don't know if you all know where Highway C is on Sturgeon, going to Centralia, but it's back by Tri-City Lake. And uh, he ended up turning off that road onto a gravel road. And next thing I know, I look down, he's doing 90. I'm like, dude, you want to slow down? And then he's at 95, holding. And I know there was a train track coming, a steep one. He hit that track doing a good 90, 95 mile an hour. And my life flashed. I didn't see anything. When he hit that thing, the G-force threw me down. And next thing I know, we're in the ditch because we had done a nose. We had flown, I don't know how far did a nose dive and landed directly on the nose of that car and was lucky we didn't flip. So, you know, with my sister in the car and me, there, there's no way to explain that not being a miracle that we did not die that night. Exactly.
2: I, I can tell you another story. My sister and her boyfriend left my mom and dad's house. It's been years ago probably. And uh, <clears throat> I no, it ain't been that long. About probably 32, 33. But anyway, my wife, Rose, walked out the door, and she's like, you guys be careful because they was going to race to Higby. And my sister had a 72 Cutlass. And <clears throat> they were going to Higby. And she said the last time she looked down, she was running like 120. Mm. And she crashed. And I'm going to tell you what, that car, she got thrown from the car which is a good thing because that car was no bigger than this table when it was done. Mm. That's how bad that car was demolished. And that would be about a three by six, three by six. And kid you not, that that car was demolished. You couldn't, you couldn't even tell what kind of car it was. So, and she had no scratches, no broken bones, no nothing. So, you know, that, that there is, that's a miracle in itself. You can't explain that stuff away. Mm I mean, you know, that's, that's why I always tell people that I, I I've got four or five guardian angels up there. That's really going to give me a whoop down when I get up there. <coughs> yep. and be like, Boy, mm-hmm.
4: You made us work all that time, wearing them yeah, out, wearing them yeah. out. But with jumping that with jumping that car, I wasn't in control either. That's what amazes me. I was I had no control over the situation. I was in the passenger seat. My sister was in the back. Somebody else had our lives in their hand, mm-hmm. and didn't obviously care enough. To slow down, but yet God saw us through. it Now back then, I looked at it as we were lucky as heck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, there's there's no way. Now you look at it and be like, man, I was blessed that day, big time. And my sister, she she bumped her head on the back seat of my or on yeah the back seat of my front seat there. But other than that. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I don't even I don't even remember how we got home because that car had the the nose of the car. The Cutlasses are kind of long, right? The nose of that car is almost in my knees, right? The motor was in the dash, and that thing still started up and drove us home.
5: I think we've got to get to a place where we're honest with ourselves. If we don't, <clears throat> whether it's believing in the things that the Most High is doing or acknowledging His voice to obey it, yep. it's not about reasons that we have <coughs> to ignore it. It's it's willingness. Yep. Do you think if that we're willing, being honest, we're unwilling to accept it?
1: <clears throat> do you think that willing could be? It's part of the world to look if you profess these things that God has done. People look at you like you're just a little bit on the crazy side.
0: And that's a good segue to go to the B side of this record and being on the fence. Yeah. Bob?
2: Yes. You you ready for me? (laughs) You can't be on the fence. There is never no way you can set on the fence. I don't care what you do, how you do it. You either against him or you're for him. There is no in between. So... When you guys were saying you're setting on the fence, <laughs> no setting on the fence, bros at all.
4: I'll take that one. That was me. I'm just saying <laughs> Mike even said that he was setting on well, the fence on
1: the miracle. I mean, I honestly, I went to my education and my training to prove that this was, they were wrong.
2: Right. But setting on the fence is setting on the fences is, is doubting God.
1: And you're right. That's where I was. Yeah. And, and it beat me up for weeks. Right. Cause I, I doubted God performed this because like everyone else or like a lot of folks, you know,
0: no, you can say everyone else. Cause I'm sure everyone else here has doubts too. I,
1: you know, mi- mi- miracles don't happen anymore, but they do. They do happen. You have to be looking for him, listening to him. Mm-hmm. And it kind of changed me a, a whole lot. He's been working on me pretty hard and, you got to sell out everything, your heart, your mind, everything belongs to him, needs to belong to him.
5: And I think a lot of times that's the reason he does things like what we saw. It's a sifting. Yeah. Are you going to give him your whole heart or not? Some yeah. people won't. That's the cold, hard, uncomfortable truth is some people won't. Some people will walk away from it.
2: Right. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, he knows, he knows, he knows we're going to fail. He knows we're not going to achieve his expectations. He's That's already factored he, it, factored he, in our stupidity. Absolutely. He's already factored in our dumb, our stupidity, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, what he wants us to do is to strive towards him and focus on him and have that relationship with him. And don't worry about what the world's got to offer. Don't worry about what the world's telling you. That's the problem. We listen too much to what the world has to say.
1: That's what I was trying to say, exactly.
2: Yeah. It, and when you listen to the world, man, it deafens your ears to God. Because the world is loud, God speaks softly. So you got to tune the world out to be able to tune God in. You know, you, you, it, it numbs us. It numbs us, yeah. You, have you ever been to them radio stations, you know, had them old dial radios where oh, you, yeah. Where you tried to get that fine tune These guys in haven't,
1: in. but we have. But I'm just hey. saying,
2: you know, you, you try to get it fine tune in and, and you move the antenna around and be like, oh, oh. oh Oh, there it is. That's exactly what we got to do to God. We got to move our antennas around. We got to fine tune him to where we can hear what he's got to say. Because if we don't, all we're doing is we're allowing the world to scream in our ear.
5: Well, it's like Micah said the other day, he he doesn't move. Right. Our father doesn't move. He does not. So if we're we're out of alignment, he didn't move, we did. And he does expect us to get back in alignment. He'll draw us there. But he's not going to move into the sin realm or the disbelief realm to live there with you. He's going to draw you back to himself. Well, That's where you're supposed to for be.
2: For one thing, he's so holy. He can't be around sin anyway. Nope, That's exactly all. why when Jesus hung on the cross and he when he took all of our sin on, God turned his back on him. You know how hurtful that had to be? All that and, and knowing that you've done that for all of us, all of our sin, and his father turned his back on him And that's why he asked father, father, why, why have you forsaken me? But he knew why he forsaken me Mm -hmm. because he took all of our sin. He put all of our sin on him and his father turned his back on him until Christ said it was finished. And he laid his life down and then God took him home. Well, actually let him go to let him go down in the earth and, and minister to them. Then raised in three days, then he ascended to heaven. Mm -hmm. He had a purpose. He had a mission. But Jesus done the mission, you know, and think about it, guys. We got the same mission. We have got that same mission to do for him. That's why, that's why he asked us to be the hands and the feet. We've got to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. If we're not, what good are we? Well, we can't
0: be if we're. Sitting on a picket <laughs> fence. Well, exactly.
1: What was that thing Micah said last night about you take God, um, take man out of the equation with God? You remember what he said?
5: Not. I, I don't remember what part <clears throat> you're talking about No,
1: He said, uh, "Man with God."
5: Oh, I know what you're talking about now.
1: Yeah, I don't remember it all, but when he, did he say it? Last night.
5: God without man, nothing changes. He's still God. Yeah. Man without God, you're doomed. You, yeah, You've lost easy. everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Excuse
2: me, fellas. Exactly. So there's no setting on the fence. You're either going to work for God or you're not going to work for God. I mean, it's it all total and everything comes down to that choice. You can't be like, oh, I'm just gonna sit right here on this center of this fence. And I'll be with you in a few minutes, God, when you when when I think that I'm good enough to do for you. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about. Guardian angels,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I'd like to think prior they're sitting in the break room, like, Can you believe what Ronnie did to me today? I'm ready to clock out. <laughs> Y'all wait till you hear what he did today. Now I want to say the same thing, but just for different reasons. Right. Ronnie had me running around today, but I think it's for good. I'm more out. Time to clock out and go home. Yeah. I should have saved that for my final thought. But
4: Sorry, Ron. What are you apologizing me for? Um,
1: so was I the only one who was sitting on a fence about something? I can't No, we
4: all, no, I was the other one no, we all, I said it. Yeah. We're all sitting it. on a fence is about is, something.
2: Is I used to I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy that even after I was saved for a long time. I was that guy, set trying trying to trying to work both worlds. We can't work both worlds.
4: We got to live in this world, but we don't got to live of this. World. And evidently, I was just confused. I wasn't on the fence. I was just not with him. Period. I didn't know him. When I was younger, I didn't know him. I got drugged to church, yeah. I went to you vacation. You had a drug problem, too? Yeah, I, yeah. I went to <laughs> vacation too. Bible school. I had that drug problem. <laughs> you know, my grandma took me, but all I did was played with cars and was told, be quiet. Be quiet. The Listen, the you know, be quiet. Not much has changed. So are still yeah. playing
1: with cars. And-
4: yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, I said I was on the fence, but obviously I wasn't on the fence. But I will tell you this. I was searching for something mm-hmm. and I'd been searching for a long time so that, you know, maybe where I thought my mind had had me on the fence because I wanted it, but I didn't know how to go about getting it. I didn't know who to talk to about leading me in the right direction. So instead of looking, I just,
3: and that's follow, what I think Bob's talking line. about. Mm-hmm. He, he, everybody's got that God hole. Too many of us just fill it with the world. Yeah, and, and that's what I with used
4: God. to do. I used to fill that God uh, hole. With obviously, hole. me too. Now that you've like thrown it in my face, like me a couple <laughs> times, you know. Sorry, bro. <laughs> He's it's, not sorry. No, I'm not
3: sorry. <laughs> But I mean, he's not sorry because uh, you are friends.
4: Obviously, that's it's right, true man. though. You know, mm-hmm. because like I said, I've said it before. I thought I was alone. But there's no way, looking back, there's no way I could have been alone with some of this stuff that happened, even if it wasn't self-inflicted. You know, if I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, there's several times I probably shouldn't be here right now, Mm -hmm. looking back. But I wasn't in the God then. Like I said, I was searching because I had people talking about him all the time around me, but nobody would take the time to talk to me so instead of me going to them i just coasted would you have listened i don't know
0: i, I i'm a, I, I, I only it because like i'm asking myself i i that truly same don't i truly don't know i answer that i wouldn't have listened
2: you didn't i didn't listen <laughs> no I, didn't. I i didn't either i absolutely did not listen i absolutely refused and rebuke and rebuke God on my front porch said I didn't need him that I was good
0: yeah but, yep. I was having this conversation with my wife the other day and she was like you remember when you used to not like <clears throat> say there was no God but you used to call yourself a realist <laughs> like you weren't a Catholic you weren't a Mormon you weren't whatever you were just a realist and I was like yeah I remember saying stupid stuff like that <sighs>
4: Well, see, growing up with me, I always had people like, well, devil and hell and all this and that. And it never dawned on me, you know, they're sitting here telling me about the devil and hell and all this. But yet, then they sit there and say they don't believe in God. And I guess that always confused me there, too. I was like, well, how can you believe in this side of it, but not the other side?
5: Because it comes back to willingness. It's not about whether or not they believe in God. It's that they don't like what he says. It it comes back to the willingness to listen to his voice and apply it. They they believe in God. They just don't like what God expects, what he says to us. So that's what they reject. It's not really God they're rejecting. It's his voice. Because it doesn't matter because they're going to talk to him one way or another.
1: There's a book out there called There Are No Atheists in Foxholes. It addresses that. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. People who don't know God come under fire in, in a war all of a sudden.
0: They start praying. They start praying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I think deep down inside of us, it's built in to know that there is a God. It's our job to recognize that and follow him.
2: Or how could it not be built into us?
1: Because we're he created.
2: Us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, he put that in. There. He He put it in there.
1: Well, I tried to speak to a guy here a while back about about Jesus. And uh, he's doing better in life. They had been in the past, and I tried to uh, invite him to church and you know, speak to him. He says, "Well, you know," uh, he told me, "I don't really need church." He says, "Everything that happened for me, I did it because I put my mind to it, and I got it done." <laughs> he just he just shut me down, and it was rather devastating.
4: Well, it's like? And the bad well, thing is,
1: he doesn't realize who den- actually did that. It.
4: Was yeah, that's denial for me to hear somebody say that. Well, and Bob and
0: I know two people that say they don't need to go to church because them and God have an understanding.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, right? Self deception. God does not have an understanding with you,
5: mm-hmm. it's
2: his way and his, and his way only, period.
5: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You got more? Yeah, that's really where my heart is with this, the, the verse that, that Mike read in the beginning. In the context of that, Peter and John were arrested. This is after Peter's second sermon, after the miracle that they performed, and the people became, they were believing because of the miracle, and the religious leaders saw the miracle too, and they didn't like it. They didn't like the voice, right? They didn't like the implications of where it was leading them. So they arrested Peter and John and threatened them. And that's when when Peter says that, that essentially he's saying, we have to obey God, not men. And I think that's our problem, really, that I think most of the occasions where we're sitting on the fence, especially in the realm of believers, you know, we talk a lot about non-believers and where they're at, but I think we see it a lot with believers, too, because we don't like the voice, right? We don't like the expectation. The very first lie ever recorded in Scripture was the serpent in the garden. Yep. He didn't say that God isn't real. That's not what he convinced Eve of. Hmm. He said, did God really say that? She repeated the command, the instruction. He said, "Is that really what he meant? Is that really what God meant? Was that really for your greater good? I think it'd be better for you if you just disobeyed it." So
1: in doubt.
2: Well, the thing he done was he took it from a spiritual part and made it turn like it was realistic, like she was physically going to die.
5: Absolutely. Now I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to share tonight, but honestly, a couple things you said might kind of confirm it for me. There's uh, Mike. Beta Mike. Okay. Coffee, Mike, I'm sorry. I, that slipped out. It, <laughs> man, I got a tickle in my throat.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't you laugh too much over Mr. Ronnie. I'll tell you what.
5: <laughs> There's a couple of phrases we see a lot in Scripture. We heard one of them yesterday, actually. Um, one is, thus saith the Lord. It's ko'amar Yahweh in Hebrew. And it occurs 415 times in Scripture. 415 times that specific phrase occurs. And another is typically translated declares Yahweh or declares the Lord, which is nadium Yahweh, 345 times. And there are other similar phrases that occur, but almost 800 times the Most High says something to the effect of, this is me talking now. Take this very seriously, heed it, and apply it. Right. Everything in Scripture is breathed by God but there are almost 800 occasions where he says, I'm talking, pay attention. What I'm about to say is extremely important. (laughs) And yet we as believers repeatedly, we come to phrases like that. And we allow men of God standing outside of the boundaries of the biblical text to say, that's not for you. That thus saith the Lord statement, that doesn't apply to you. That's just Jew stuff, or that's just symbolism or that's nailed to the cross. Almost 800 occasions where he says, thus saith the Lord, and hundreds of those occasions, we've allowed men, dead men, to convince us to ignore it, to do the same thing the serpent convinced Eve to do. Uh, it's not really for you, is it? That doesn't really apply to you. You know, I've been on the fence <laughs> for a long time about expressing this, but I just, I can't hold it in anymore. We have got to get to a place where we're willing to obey the voice of the Father first. Even if that puts us at odds with family, with friends, with respected religious leaders, with degrees that we have, right, we've got to be willing to obey him first. We all should be. We can't allow opinions of men to override what the Father says. You know, just one example is the Sabbath. You see repeatedly in Scripture, he, he repeats the Sabbath over and over again, very often using one of those two phrases, thus saith the Lord who declares Yahweh. Hundreds of times. He says this. Of all the Ten Commandments, it's the most repeated in Scripture. The most. Not adultery. Not coveting. The Sabbath. The most repeated in all of Scripture of the Ten, of the Big Ten. It goes all the way back to creation week. Before there was ever since, so the argument that it's just some symbolism about sin doesn't apply right? It goes back before there was sin. I'm just using this as an example of what we do, okay? Over and over again, he says it's forever. He says it's a sign upon those who love him, and he says the reason for it is because it points to him as creator. It's an acknowledgement that he created us. I don't know how much more applicable that could be to us, right? If, If we believe he's the creator, he says this is how you show that you acknowledge that. He says that again and again. And then Isaiah in chapter 66 tells us using a thus saith the Lord phrase, right after that we're told that it's for all mankind and that when Jesus comes back in that context, when he comes back, he'll strictly enforce it. The very last thing Isaiah prophesies, the last two verses that he prophesies, he's channeling the voice of the most high and he says that when Jesus returns, every Sabbath, from Sabbath to Sabbath, they'll come and worship him. Why would he say that? If it's nailed to the cross, no longer applicable, just some symbolic thing or just for the Jews. Why would he say it's for all mankind and we'll all have it strictly enforced upon us? Why would he say that? I know a lot of people, most 99% of people listening to me are going to reject everything I'm saying. That's fine. and They'll probably reject everything I say from now on because I said it. But it has to be said. When the Most High breathes out something, he says, I'm talking now. Pay attention to what I'm saying and apply it. If you want my blessing, apply this. We have to pay attention to what he's telling us, even if we have to disagree with people we dearly love, because he has to matter more. And to Peter, he did. Peter obeyed God rather than men. I'm sure he loved the people in front of him, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he loved a lot of people that disagreed with him, but he said, you're going to have to judge for yourselves. Right. We have to obey God. We can't obey man. Right. We've got to get that to that place where we agree with Peter there. And I'm sorry, we've got to obey God. We can't, we can't obey men anymore. If we wanna see the sort of miraculous that we desire, if we wanna see the revival that we all yearn for, we have got to start doing things his way, not man's way, or we're never gonna see it. We're just gonna see a falsified version of it. We're never gonna see the real thing. And the real thing always starts with repentance and taking his voice seriously. Every time you see revival in scripture, it starts with a step of belief, repentance, and taking his voice seriously every single time. But all we want from revival is some miraculous healings and a good feeling and awesome music it's all we want yeah. that's not real revival that's a concert mm-hmm. there's a difference
4: well you just kicked me in the throat Carl
5: I'm sorry he said, said th- my well, legs he said, aren't that long he said you know. something,
4: he just <laughs> said, he said something just a minute ago about uh well i had a I had a problem with the passover and I sat at my desk today a little bit, and I did research on it. And I was reading what it was about, who it was for, and all this and that. And my first thought was, this is not for me. This is for the Hebrews. This is for the Jews. This, this, is, this is not me. This is not for me. That was my exact thought. No man told me, except for me. I read it, and I kept reading it. I text Ronnie. I was like, Ronnie, this ain't making no dang sense. I said, I don't understand. You know, evidently I thought it was this, and then I read it, and it said this, and then my first initial thing was, the same for me. I'm not doing it. It's not for
5: me. You know, it's interesting about saying that, too. There's a there's a verse that we tend to go to where it's it's a proof text that the law applied to both, both natural-born Hebrews and Gentiles who are grafted in. And one of the places we go to is specifically talking about Passover. And he says you'll have one law for both the native-born and the Gentile, the sojourner, residing among you, specifically about Passover. He says that. And it's also, there's only two commands in all of Scripture that he specifically calls a sign or a seal upon his people, Sabbath and Passover. There's the only two specific commands. He says that about and they're the most, they're, they're the, to me, where we're at in history before, we haven't seen the second coming. So we haven't seen him fulfill the, what we would call the, the fall harvest festivals. We saw him fulfill Passover and Pentecost. But the two commands that really point to Jesus the most explicitly to me, Sabbath and Passover. They so explicitly point to what it is he does for us that he 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 reconciles us back to God, mm-hmm. he removes our sin, he <clears throat> removes the leaven, he fills us with the Spirit, and he gives us rest.
4: And I was looking for that, and uh, and the, I didn't, I couldn't, me personally, I couldn't find it. Right. All I saw in black and white was this is what they did back in the day for the Jews, and this is how they loved and all this and that. And I'm, I'm sitting there like. I don't need this. Think about the
2: think, think about the little the sacrificial lamb that that they were supposed to do. It had to be it had to be without blemish. Um, you white as snow. White as snow. I mean, come on. Think about that. That that is showing that Jesus is our sacrificial lamb.
5: You know, it's awesome too. Part of the law was that before, when you had to choose the Passover lamb, that perfect mm-hmm. lamb that you sacrificed in the temple, and there was like a, a three or four day, I think it was a three-day period where they actually examined it to prove that it was perfect. Yeah. That would have fallen at exactly the point in time when he was under trial, mm-hmm. when they were trying to prove that he was imperfect and couldn't do it. They mm-hmm. proved him to be a perfect lamb and then sacrificed. <laughs> right. In three days. Mm-hmm. In three days, yeah. Because then, you know, in three days. So, yeah. and
2: then, you know, I'm going to steal this too, because Micah said that... Uh, the doorpost and uh and uh, what do they call the top of the door. They got a name for it. But anyway, them three spots actually signify the cross. <laughs> I just read that in Job. I mean it you know, the blood on the doorpost, blood on over the door, <coughs> that signifies the cross <coughs> that the lamb is actually gonna hang on. So talking about I mean, the header.
1: Yeah, they, had the header, they got a different name yeah. for it. But anyway. Was it yes. mental, was
5: it? Mental? Le- that, I think mental. Yeah. Mental. mental. Oh, mental. oh. Mental. Mental. And that proves the point I'm trying to make. You know, if we're believers in Jesus and these are the things that he did, this is what he was doing when he said, do this in remembrance of me. These are the things that point to him. How is that not relevant to us? That's an argument that's never made sense to me. When we come to these, thus saith the Lord, Lord commands. And then we say, that's not relevant to me. But then we say it points to Jesus. How is not relevant to you, then? How in the world is something that points directly to Jesus not relevant to you as a believer in Jesus?
1: Oh, I'll answer It is that. relevant. Yeah, I agree. It is relevant. But the world steps in. Mm-hmm. They can't sell enough goods in six days, so they need seven days. And they're not worried about what God wants. They, they're worried about making money. I mean, even even when God was mad and went into the temple with his homemade whip, when they were selling lambs, For Passover, it was all about money.
2: Well, it wasn't only lambs they were selling; they were selling about everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, but they were selling lambs as sacrifices. They were supposed to be for poor, for poor people couldn't afford it. They were in the courtyard. But the thing is, the 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 stuff they were selling was imperfect animals. They were not Mm -hmm. right. They were not what God required for sacrifice.
1: It's all about money and power.
5: And in, in fairness, I want to say, you know, a lot of the reason that we do what we do and we don't do what what kind of what the Bible says is because we've forgotten. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've been surrounded by people for so long. They've been surrounded by people, and they've been surrounded by people, and it's just tradition. The tradition, and it's so old, and we have this <clears> mentality <throat> that if if as long as the lie is a few centuries old, it must be true. Well, a lie doesn't become true with age, and a lie doesn't become true because everybody believes it. At some point, we've got to get back to the Word, and when we come to those thus say statements, we've got to say, why aren't we doing that? So See, we've that's got to the examine
2: thing. that. that, that. The tradition is where the lie starts. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it is. It's exactly where the lie starts. You know, back whenever, whenever whoever Satan swayed to <clears throat> go that way, and then they just absolutely got it in their head. You know, and once you once you get it in your head, and you just pronounce it out there, people's going to start believing it. A yeah. you know?
1: lie becomes the truth at that point. Yeah.
2: A lie becomes the truth at that point. Exactly. And and it just has escalated and escalated and escalated. Well, the thing is, is we need to start cutting the lies out and go back to the truth. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that uh, you said a few minutes ago. You said people's gonna reject you for what she's gonna say. Well, if they reject you for telling them the truth, that's on them. They gotta deal with that. That's between them and God. You know, and my thing is, is the truth's where it's at. That's where it's at. If you can't tell the truth and you can't be bold in your faith, there's something wrong. We shouldn't, we we don't need to conform to this world. You know, who cares if somebody gets mad? Who cares if if they don't like what we got to say? I don't care. For the simple fact is, Jesus is my king. He's the one that I obey. He's the one that I need to do the work for, not the world. I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please my king and do what he wants me to do. Can't take the heat
5: get out of the kitchen. Absolutely. Um. I was going to share this and I was going to skip it. Then you said that so I'm, thinking I'm going to share it. <laughs> I think I was supposed to now. So we're so awesome about Peter here. After he's threatened him and John are threatened or arrested. The religious leaders threaten them. I imagine they threatened to kill him probably because oh, sure. they couldn't, they couldn't execute him because the people would have, would have arrived. Oh man. Yeah. It would have, would have been bad. So they threaten them to not mention Jesus anymore. And then that's when Peter says, we can't obey you. We got to obey God. We got to testify to what we've seen and what we've heard. We're going to testify to Jesus, whether you yeah. like it or not. So they, they threaten him some more then they release him. I think they even scourged him. But anyway, they release them. And then Peter goes back, Peter and John go back with the other believers and they, they pray. Now they've just been threatened with death and this is their prayer and now lord i'm sorry this is verse 29 and 30 and now lord take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all boldness while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders miracles take place through the name of your holy servant jesus they didn't ask for protection nope they didn't say, confound those who are threatening us. Please protect us. Please remove their threats. Please work on their hearts and make them make them our friends. Not once did they pray for protection in the face of persecution. What they prayed for was boldness to tell the truth.
2: You know why they done that? Because they already
5: knew that was protected.
2: They didn't have to worry about it. Rather that rather them people killed them or didn't kill them, either way, yeah. they knew where they was going.
0: But they prayed for rain and took the umbrella. Mm, yep. Exactly.
1: Isn't that similar to what Steven had to go through when they stoned him?
0: Yeah. Yes. All right, gentlemen. Final thought. Let's take the needle off the record. Let's land the plane. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Old <There>. school. <laughs> Silent Mike. Um
3: if you truly look at your life you can see God all around it and God through it so you should be able to see that he deserves for you to never be on the fence.
0: Coffee Mike <clears throat>
1: Minds about self examination, which I think we don't do enough of.
5: Or some of us do a lot of.
1: Or we can do too much of it. Yes. <laughs> but I think
5: it can it, become a hindrance.
1: Yes. Yeah. It can become a hindrance. But if you're in question about something that's biblical, examine what's in your heart and what's in the word. And if they line up, you're on the right path. If they don't, make a change. That's my final word.
2: Bob? Okay. I'm going to read out of Revelations chapter 3, which you all probably already know where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. We're going to start in verse 15. He says, I know what you do. I know that you are neither hot nor cold, and I wish that you were cold or hot. So I will spit you out of my mouth because you are only warm." And not hot or cold. So my thing is, is, uh, choose to be hot. Don't choose to be cold. Don't choose to be lukewarm. Man, get on fire and don't be like the Pharisees. Them guys sat on the fence because they was religious leaders and they believed in dotting the I's, crossing the T's and living by the law. And that was their reward because they sure didn't follow what Jesus wanted. They sure didn't follow what God wanted. All they wanted to do was look good in front of men. Don't look good in front of men. Be bold for your king. That's all I got to say.
1: I'd like to add to Bob's statement because I liked it. Uh, I think sometimes we're way too comfortable. We rely on being comfortable. And if we are asked to do something that's outside of our circle of comfort, comfort, we don't want to do it. We're hesitant to do it. We've got to be able to become uncomfortable and be joyful that we are uncomfortable, that we're being called to go do something. That just popped into my head.
0: Yeah, thanks for stealing mine.
1: Oh, great. Well, <laughs> no, I told you the daggers were out tonight.
5: I can use the voice work to make it sound like you. Want to put your name <laughs> yeah, on can, can you do that? Yeah. I know there's technology.
1: He's not, he's not raspy enough.
4: <laughs> Silent Ron, what you got? I don't know. The whole thing reminds me, like I said, my, my prayer I sent out this morning about starting every day thanking him for everything he does in our lives in the, in his children's eyes. Please allow every heart to feel his love, all the eyes to see the love. Uh, and remember that you, that he is with us throughout the day. And all through our lives, he loves us and we should thank him for his love. And that's about it.
5: You going or you want me to go? It's up to you. I got a real, I got the best final thought I think I've ever had. You guys better put your seatbelts on.
4: Um,
5: For me.
0: Are we walking with Jesus and to him? Are we standing at the water cooler talking about him? Are we running marathons to get to him? Probably not. But I think we should all start in the starting blocks and get going. sure we're going to trip we're going to stop get a drink me I'm not running any marathons anytime soon so (laughs) we'll get there when we get there (coughs) but
2: he's not even going to walk (laughs) fast
0: I might speed walk until my hips hurt but (laughs) you got to keep moving forward no time to sit on the fence Gotta
5: go. What you got? taking my breath. You ready, Mike? Probably not. I'm, uh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> Take my glasses off. All right. Y'all ready? I watched a gun smoke episode the other day.
1: <laughs> this is what we're waiting for. A recap of Gunsmoke. No, just stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and
5: Festus said. <laughs> My pappy used to tell me that when you rode the fence, all you ended up with was a sore backside. That's all I got. That's my final
4: thought. <laughs> now, and see, here's the thing. I'm sitting here listening to Ronnie, and Forrest Gump pops in my head. And then you talk like that, and he pops in my head again, and it reminds me of when he's talking to Jenny. and says, I don't know if it's Lieutenant Dan that has it right or if it's Mama. But
0: I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean I'm Lieutenant Dan? Uh, yeah, well, maybe we'll go with that one. Let's go with Mike, would you pray us out? Absolutely. Lord, our God, we just humbly come to
3: you today, and we thank you for the opportunities to be together to bounce ideas, to bounce scripture, to bounce our feelings off of each other in a place where we know not that we're safe, but just that we can trust the people around us, knowing that you ultimately are the one that we can trust. People of this world will always let us down, but you are the only one who won't. Thank you for that. Thank you for even allowing us the opportunity to choose you because you continue to choose us each and every day. Let us never do it without an open heart, an open mind. and Never let us do it just out of the abundance of just feeling like we need to get out of jail free or get out of hell free card. Let us always do it with full hearts. And let us always go through and be bold in our faith, standing for you because you have us. It's in your son's name that we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.
2: Welcome, okay, Recommend Series.